Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Super Media Bros Podcast is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. down the number of matches but that son of a bitch still went long bro that shit what was it five and a half hours probably it felt it it's only because you know like midway through it's like dude there's still gonna be an hour long match to this right Welcome to episode 266 of the Super Media Bros Podcast. I'm Richie. I'm Devin. And we're here to talk about AEW Revolution 2023. Eight matches on the card. One of them we knew we were going to have um, an hour of. Even though that's the match of the night. We were talking before we went to air. Uh, two match show, really? Yeah. Um, and it's not even like to discredit or disrespect any other match. Like To me, top to bottom, this was a very fun show. This was probably one of the better carded and delivered pay-per-views that AEW has done in a couple of years, actually. Yeah, like it was great. I loved it. But going into it, the XFL was also playing a game at the same time as this pay-per-view. And I was like, well, I'm going to watch both. And I was. In a gun-to-head scenario, I would watch the game and watch two matches and ignore the game. You know, like, I, which isn't even what happened because, like, it's easier to keep track of a score than it is to keep up with a match. Sure. So I was mostly watching AEW and then making frequent looks over at the other television. But two matches were the ones that I, I really felt invested in. I feel that. I, I, would, I was going to say, looking back at the card, three for me. Okay. So let's get on with the with the card because we're just going to run through most of these and spend some time on maybe like three. Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho had a singles match to open the show in 13 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, fucking solid showing from mm-hmm. Ricky. And obviously, like he wins this match by pinfall and it was the right choice. Absolutely. I was really nervous going in. I mean, I wasn't surprised that they put him over. I was glad they put him over. And uh, Jericho has been really good about putting the younger talent over that are going to be like elevated. Sure. But like, uh, juice Robinson rolls in that bitch. Dude, I was pretty hyped about that. Like I'm sitting there just like, yeah, juice Robinson rolls in like in the follow-up or whatever on dynamite. And it's like, okay, well that's, I guess that's what's next. Mm-hmm. I was pretty fucking excited about that because Ricky Starks is, he's not quite like ready for like the championship fold yet. I mean, maybe TNT, but, 
Yeah. Juice Robinson and him are going to probably have a pretty fucking fire feud. Oh, yeah. And on the other note, on that match with Ricky and Jericho, uh, two things. Number one, uh, shout out to the girl, Oswin. That's my youngest niece. And she's only like a year and a few months. And she was just standing, nothing on but a diaper, just standing inches away from that TV screen palms on her chin just like engrossed turns over to me makes like a what they doing like like she even raised like the her, shrug or whatever yeah the like she does the, the shrug with the palms up in the air like i was like oh that's just wrestling baby she turns back around and she was just hooked i was like fuck yes got I'm another gonna, one dude i've never been so proud as an uncle and this is the this is the third time i'm an uncle times three this is my most proud moment. Fuck yeah. Uh, number two, Jericho is making me nervous with these lion salts. My man gets more and more close to that mat with every single maneuver. That was so, that was so close. I, I know, man. And, you know, I don't want to shit on Jericho. Because, no, I'm like, not shitting on him. I know you're not, but it's just, it's so like, God damn, bro. I'm like, scared. Yeah, I get it. It's it's great to see him being able to do these moves at his oh, age, yeah. too. He's in great shape, you know? Oh, yeah, he's in better shape than me. Fuck. <laughs> it, it, it's so funny. Like, you go from this match, and then you go to the next match, which, you know, I admittedly have only... I only caught, like, pieces of Dynamite, the last two uh, Dynamites leading up to this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So, seeing the, uh, the pre-show video package... Seeing uh, Christian Cage and Jungle Boy Jack Perry were going to be in a match. And if, I think at first it was like a no disqualification or false count anywhere or something. And then they're like, final burial match. And I'm like, are they really going to do a fucking buried alive match? Yes. And they fucking did. And the way they did it uh, was pretty good because they didn't like, they didn't go the WWE route where they're like, hey, we're going to do a whole ass grave site with a fucking tombstone and a pile of dirt and grass and all kinds of shit that we're not going to involve the house of black or anybody that's like anybody that makes sense to put in this kind of a match. Mm -hmm. But I'll be damned if this wasn't a fucking fire match for sure. It definitely was. And obviously jungle boy wins this match at 14 minutes and 50 seconds. But when he puts him in the fuck, cause it's a coffin. Like they just have like a a casket or like a coffin or whatever Mm -hmm. on the side. And it it looks like it's just kind of free hanging in like some kind of like, I don't know how they had it, but, there's dirt around it mm. for no fucking reason. He puts him in there and he shuts it. And then he, he just like, it just fucking just as soon as he slams the lid shut, I that bitch just disappears. I don't know what it was. It sketched me out though. Cause I was like, so in any moment, could that have happened? Uh, that, that's what I'm saying, dude. Could, oh my God. You know what it reminded me of? Remember in home alone when, um, when Marv is, finished he he stepped on the nail and then like it cuts back to him and he's walking out and he shuts the door whoop, and he fucking slips yeah. and falls that's exactly what i thought when this happened like he slams the lid shut, whoop, whoop, and just goes straight there it was very looney tunes looking dude i i you know what whenever all access starts <laughs> i can't wait until this one comes yeah because it's like what what was that what what is the trickery behind this what is this fuckery that you just tried to pass off to us yeah like i want to know yeah, I want to know too. But uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry wins, and uh, rightfully so. I want to see what's next for him. 
Okay, now on to one of the matches of the night for us. Honestly, um, I tweeted about this from our account at SuperMediaBros underscore on Twitter, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and just go on record and eat my own fucking words. Legit, I don't even remember how I said it, but I definitely remember saying something to the effect of, I love House of Black getting the trio's title shot, but AEW are too big a cowards to put the belts on them. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing. <sighs> House of Black versus the Elite for the trio's championship in 18 minutes. Dude, the fact that House of Black won by pinfall, there was no real fuckery, and it just, it happened. The only real fuckery was Julia, but even then, like... It was kind of a comedy fuckery, because you see Kenny, how he just shrugged, like, fuck it. Yeah, like, I wouldn't even call it that, because it's not like... He didn't do it on purpose. Well, it's not even just that. It's not like he was distracted by her and then got rolled up. Like, no, it was a... Clean pin. Yeah. and. Here's the thing, like, whenever I say it's a two-match card, this being one of those matches, but right. it's weird because you and I were talking about it. We're huge fans of both teams involved here. Absolutely. Like, pretty much equally, but in different reasons. Love them both. So, automatically, I'm like, dude. I cannot fucking wait for this. This whole oh, man. But at the same point, what was the build? Right. Uh, I think this is more going to be an ongoing uh, piece of I'll business okay here. Yeah, because right now, um, to kind of, we're going to jump. jump um, right now, we're going to kind of jump back and forth between the, the pay-per-view and dynamite kind of fallout here. Because normally when we do reviews and we just do this and the fallout afterwards, but the fallout here is the House of Black wins the championships. Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Daniel Garcia somehow um, became the contenders for this this fucking championship? Like well, overnight, really? Yeah, because, yo, you can't even make an argument about Chris Jericho because he lost. That's what I'm saying. And you certainly can't make an argument over... Them as a trio, because when was the last time they had a trio? Yeah, don't remember. But now now we're having the first triple threat trios championship match with House of Black, the Elite, and the Jericho Appreciation Society. Cool. I hope the House of Black gets a good reign with this uh, this thing and just mops the floor with p- fucking people. Because mm-hmm. I really did feel like it was going to become the Elite and FTR and CM Punk. That yeah. still could happen, but I feel like maybe they needed to take the belts off of them for this to happen since FTR is uh, currently about to go on a quest for the tag belts again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, time will tell. I still have hope for that being a feud, but uh, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there instead of burning the bridge. Yeah, I, it's one of those things where I'm not convinced on either side. I don't, I have no idea. Yeah, I, and that's the best part about them actually putting the belts on the house of black though it does keep the um it keeps the uh, the feeling alive of holy fuck anything can happen yeah because i'll be honest there was a while where aew kept booking way too safely you know like you would you would see matches and you're like oh that that dude's definitely winning oh yeah for sure and yeah. that's that's with wrestling in general you sure. know it it's hard to make it completely like dude what's gonna happen every single week with every match, but yeah, I, I feel like when it comes to like Kenny and the Bucks, well, maybe not so much the Bucks. They've thrown quite a few 
plot twists here and there. But for Kenny specifically, and I love Kenny, this is not me shitting on him, but like more often than not, you know what the outcome will be, whether it's him winning or losing. Right. Like with the Hangman match at all out, was it? My guy, that was uh that was full gear. Was it? You're right, you're right, yes. That match, I I think 99% of us knew what the outcome would be. Kenny was hurt, he had a very lengthy title run, and uh, Hangman was built up. And then you've got other matches with Kenny where you know he's going to win. This one? Dude, I really didn't expect it. Yeah, no, I didn't either, but uh, that's what made it even more enjoyable. I was like, fuck yeah, like it was dude, a legitimate pop in this house. I know, it. I was so excited, dude. Oh, we both texted each other almost immediately, let's fucking go! It was dude, amazing. Dude, I'm... It, well, you know what it is, dude, is I've got a huge-ass Malachi Black poster framed in my living room, and whenever that happened, it, it's this moment of, like, validation for having that. Uh, the match after this one... Uh, Jamie Hayter versus uh, Soraya and Ruby Soho for the women's championship. It was a 10 minute match. It's the shortest match on the card. The story is not the match itself. The story is the aftermath of this match. A Jamie Hayter obviously wins. Um, there was no way they were going to put this belt on Soraya already. And um, the story with Ruby Soho, they would never have put the belt on her for any reason other than the aftermath. The story going in is that uh, Soraya and Tony Storm are kind of like the um, the outcasts of the company where they're not originals. And Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker, amongst other people, are original stars in the company. It's almost a weird, like, women's NWO kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I'm... Even down to the spray paint. Yeah, um, so... They lose the match. Uh, Soraya and Ruby Soho lose, obviously. Uh, Ruby Soho gets pinned. The aftermath is like Tony Storm rolls in and just starts beating the piss out of Jamie Hayter. And you think Ruby Soho is going to like do the babyface thing because like she definitely like dodges a couple of attacks from them. And she's like, oh, this is our house, bitches, or whatever. And then Jamie Hayter goes to raise Ruby's hand. And then Ruby fucking hits her with the no future. And. Proceeds to join forces with Soraya and um, Tony Storm. And you know, I should have seen this coming with the hair change. Not, not prior like to this happening, but Ruby has had green hair for a while. Mm -hmm. They are using green spray paint. Should have seen this fucking coming. That was very subtle. Yeah, I... It's one of those things where you should have seen it coming, but you didn't. Well, you don't think about it because Ruby Soho is that person anyway like she's right. gonna change a hair color so yeah. but still I, um i'm curious to see where this goes uh who's gonna join them who's gonna join with brit and jamie yeah i i it's not the most compelling fucking thing but it's something to watch right yeah so and i'm just glad that you know they're putting the women's champion in a predominant thing, you know, like far too often we've seen them just like, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. We do have a champion for the women. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, and this is uh no bullshit. Jamie Hayter is my favorite women's champion we've had so far. Yeah. She's yeah. great, dude. Love her. Like straight up. Keep this fucking championship on her for a good bit. Plus she's still 
getting huge reactions. And it was organic. Yeah. Think about the fact that Baker and Hater were legit heels not even like two months ago. You know, and now like everybody just loves it. And I mean, it was a good double turn, really. It really was. And and it's so cool because like it started off as like me and all my friends being like, dude, who's that hot chick? And then slowly over time it was it just became like, oh no, she can actually work. Oh, and she and not only can she actually work, she's good. Like she's yeah. damn good. Like like it not to say that she's a natural in the sense that she hasn't improved, she always had it, blah, blah, blah. But no, like she's a natural in that yes, she did need to improve when she started, but like she improved and adapted very well and very quickly. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. But yeah, uh, Jamie Hader retains and uh we'll see where this feud goes. All I know is um since that was considered the piss break match of the pay-per-view, sadly. It's time to take a piss break ourselves. We'll be back after, uh, after these short messages from our sponsors, and uh, we'll be able to sit down and talk about the Iron Man match whenever it comes around, and we won't have to get up and go piss during it. But don't worry, there's like, you know, three other matches before that, so you're listening to the Super Media Bros on the Odd Pods Media Network. Don't go anywhere, except for the bathroom. Spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement, but this year Manscaped is going to help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Look guys, you can make sure that you look your best this spring by using our code SUPER to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Look, it's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun's peeking back out, and that means you're going to have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you've got a glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. The kit comes with the Beard Hedger. It's a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair-cutting length options and one guard, so there's no more messy drawers full of add-ons. It also comes with titanium-coated T-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face that leads to a single-stroke efficiency. The Beard Hedger is a very high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, a universal charger, and a strong motor. The kit's also got liquid goods to make you feel good. You can't treat your beard like your pubes. That's why the kit has a special shampoo and conditioner specifically designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, and replenish your beard's natural oils, promoting beard health. The kit also has Manscaped's Beard Oil. The nutrient-infused oil relieves dryness on both the beard and the skin beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine to liven up your look. Don't forget to cap it off with the Beard Balm. It's a pomade that shapes, styles, and moisturizes, bringing the amazing scent of fresh eucalyptus, rosemary, and lavender essential oils. Lastly, the Beard Hedger Pro Beard Kit is also coming with three free gifts. A beard brush, a comb, and scissors to ensure that your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code SUPER at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping with our code SUPER at manscaped.com. Focus on your face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. Hi, I'm Shannon. I'm Jamie. We're Married with Television, MarriedWithTV.com. We are a couple of Hollywood normies on the outskirts of the film and TV industry, and we talk about our favorite TV shows, music, and movies, and sometimes they talk back to us. Sometimes they do. Our podcast is Married with Television, one word, on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Possibly Amazon soon. And we are a proud member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Married with TV. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, dude, let's get into some fucking Texas deathmatch shit. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, I did not expect the finish to this match, and holy no. fuck, was it brutal. Dude, this was a grueling fucking match. Oh, my God. Had this not been the main event, it was the longest match on the fucking card, dude. Holy shit. And I was surprised they gave him this much time, too, to be yeah. honest with you. That much time and that much fucking freedom. Hangman Adam Page versus John Moxley. And, dude, I really, really, really wish that that they could just pay the fucking licensing fee and just give hangman that same fucking entrance theme all the time. That was fucking sick. It's fire as fuck. It fits him. He's such a bad ass son of a bitch, dude. That are they not making that his, his regular? No, because he came out to his regular theme on dynamite. Did he? Okay. I feel like it's a special occasion or just a pay-per-view kind of thing that Tony's like, Oh, I'll just, I'll shell the money out for this on this pay-per-view. Kind of how he did with AFI for CM Punk. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, I can't pay for this all the time. That is pretty fucking expensive. Kind of how he can't fucking pay for the final countdown from Europe for Brian Daniels. Dude, that's so depressing. It really is, but dude, oh my God. Anyway, like that's a whole other story for another day. The fact that John Moxley, uh, th- this is notable. Uh, two finishes in this pay-per-view are fucking notable. This being one of them. Man, after like a fucking 24-minute and 45-second Brutal fucking beat down on both sides with some really dangerous spots. Dude, I got sketched out so many Bro, times. Same man. Like fucking Paige hangs Moxley by his throat with that chain. And then Mox fucking tabs, dude. That's what shocked me because like, correct me if I'm wrong. We may have seen Dean Ambrose tap a few times, but have we ever seen John Moxley tap? In my it's somebody out there leave a comment if we're wrong on this one, but um, this is the first John Moxley submission in this company. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, and that's why I was shocked. I feel like it is. Yeah. I really don't know, but uh, he earned it. If if so, because the 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 uh, the announce team fucking sold it like yeah. a fucking shotgun. They couldn't believe it, but then like Excalibur was very quick to point out. He was like, "Dude, he could have fucking." broke his trachea because yeah. there was no protection. There was no, no hands between the chain. He was legit just fucking hanging there. What the fuck? <laughs> and it was quick. He was just like uh, uh, tap. I was like, oh, that was fast. He, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was real. That was an actual fucking lynching. I'm telling you. Oh, he was living up to his name. God fucking hangman. Yeah. Great match though. God Oh damn. yeah, it was a blast. Uh, moving on to the uh, TNT championship match, which, you know, look, we'll talk about this um, 
look, uh, Samoa Joe gets choked the fuck out by Wardlow, which that was the correct finish. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I, there's really nothing to write home about with this match. It was just two meaty men slapping meat, and Wardlow wins by a technical submission. Now, here's the fucking messed up part. Uh, Wardlow legitimately had his vehicle broken into his personal belongings and a physical championship belt stolen from his vehicle. Yeah, like a lot of us were wondering if it was a work or what have you, but no, it was it was an actual thing that truly did happen. Yeah, so um, they switched the match that was supposed to take place on Dynamite with uh, Hobbs into a street fight, which it worked because, I mean, he's just in street clothes at this point. They give the championship to Hobbs, which I'm cool with them putting it on Hobbs, but dude, ah. that championship belt is getting like, that that thing's getting dicked around so much right now. Please yeah. don't let this become the 24-7 title. That's what I'm saying, dude. I At that point, dude, have Smojo beat Wardlow and then the, on Dynamite have Hobbs cash in. Yeah, because right, because Hobbs beating Samoa Joe would put him over even more so. Right. Didn't need to do it with Wardlow. And I understand you gotta push Wardlow too. I I get that, but it doesn't do him any favors whenever he consistently loses his championship. Physically and literally and you know, storyline. Oh my god. And I'm and that's no fault of Wardlow. It's just like I don't I don't know, dude. I I disagree with the booking of the championship. Big fucking same. I guess we'll see where it goes from there. But yeah. I, I fully agree. That's just, it's horrible. The matches have been great involving yeah. it. That's, but that's, yeah, I was going to say, it's not to take away from their match. Their match is great. Like every match on this card has been fucking fire so far. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing, dude, is like we're criticizing the outcomes, you know, and the logic. We're not criticizing the performers or their performances. Sure. Yeah. It, it's not to like, like, I, I, I hate doing that because it feels like I'm shitting on them, but I'm really not. Like Right. Let's move on to the Fatal 4-Way uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Now, admittedly, I did not watch this one. <laughs> it was it was a match that happened, you know, everybody. Oh, I, and that wasn't because I didn't want to watch this match. It put me to sleep. Mm. Legit. Um, I saw the guns come out. I saw the acclaimed come out. I saw fucking double J lethal. That should be their fucking tag name. Double J lethal come to the fucking, you know, if they were WWE, that'd be like, we're going to call you double J lethal. Yeah. It's like, All right. You fuck. And orange Cassidy and Danhausen because they won the fucking right their, to get into this. Son their of a entrance bitch. was hilarious. So oh, for I, sure. I laughed my ass off. Yeah. I'm all about that. But. The guns win. FTR shows up. That's the real story. FTR yes. comes back after a lot of speculation that they weren't going to resign or that they were going to WWE or they were going to take a year off and work the indie circuit only. You know, just a lot of shit happened. I mean, they came out and gave a fire ass promo on Dynamite about this shit, and their intentions are obviously clear. They have to win the championships again, which mm-hmm. they need to. They've yeah. been fucking needing that. And they deserve it. Oh, for sure. But um, it was a it was a 13 minute, and 35 second match, the exact same time that Jericho and Starks had in their match, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of neat. But how do you feel about the guns having the championships, to be honest with you? Like, how do you feel about that? They're talented enough. Um, I don't necessarily think it was time for the acclaim to drop it. I don't know. It's kind of one of those if it ain't broke, don't fix it sort of deals. But 
I would have said trust the process, see where the story goes, but if FTR is back, I feel like the gun versus acclaimed story is done, so it's like, where does daddy ass go from here? I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like there was a couple of missed opportunities there. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you never know. Maybe they milked all of it they could. I don't know, dude. If the JAS versus Blackpool Combat Club has taught us anything, AEW will milk a rivalry for all that it is worth. This is true, but, I mean, that's also because of Chris Jericho and there being a multitude of talent in that fucking feud. That's fair, but I just, I, I don't think, like, that story was done. I feel like it should have ended with Daddy ass turning on the acclaimed and staying with his sons, you know? And that's him gifting them the championships or whatever. Yeah, like, I don't... I feel it. I, I don't know. I feel like that story just isn't finished. I, you may, it, dude, it, it may come back around. You never know. I hope so, because I, I just don't want the acclaimed to get lost in the shuffle. I don't think they will. They're too over. That's what I'm thinking. They're way too over to get lost. Fuck that. So uh, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the FTR and guns match where oh, where, yeah, where yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. where they fucking lose the championships to them because let's be honest we, that's coming that's got oh, to happen for sure for sure like don't get me wrong like FTR is just one of if not the best tag team in wrestling right now fuck yeah so don't get it twisted that and don't misinterpret that I'm not excited to see them I totally am it's just I I just want good booking for everybody involved. You know who else wants good booking? Mm. Libraries. Hey, the, the door is right here, so can can you leave? Yeah, you're closer. Go first. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck! <laughs> I, could, I couldn't not make that joke. It's, it's been fucking sitting here in, in my face the whole time. God, you're a dad. Yeah, I oh, know. Fuck. I definitely am. I'm your dad. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Tie your shoes. Don't forget your lunch pail. Get on the bus. <laughs> Damn. And yet that was somehow still nicer than how my dad talked to me. I'm a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's get on to the 60-minute Iron Man match. Uh look, I slept through this one too, but I, I rewatched it uh because obviously like, I woke up for the last three minutes of this match and I saw that they were tied. And then the finish that happened happened, and I was just like, oh, God damn it. Why did I even bother? Like, you know, and it was a great match, which really irritated. Like, I have to say this. Like, I really feel this way. I, I'm, I understand where they're going story-wise with it. I'm not a fan of sudden death overtime finishes. If it's an Iron Man match, book somebody to fucking lose whatever the score is in the time frame. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I... The only thing that I can say is that it probably was to set up like a swerve of them being like, oh, babyface is actually going to fucking win because that's usually what happens whenever they're like, no, this match isn't over. It's going to go to sudden death overtime. Yeah. There must be a winner. Well, hey, it worked for Sean and Brett in 96. It's got to work for MJF and Danielson in 2023. And it pisses me off. I'm pissed because the match was fantastic. Dude, this was... was I was telling you off the air, and I'm going to say it on the air. I don't care if this makes me look like a bandwagoner. I don't give a shit. This was, in my personal opinion, the best Iron Man match of all time. I just, I, point me in the direction of a better one. 60 or 30 minute. 
I was going to say 60 because let, let's be fair. The original Iron Man match was 30 minutes. Right. Like that, that was like a thing. But there's a ton that have happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm just saying, like, as far as 60-minute Iron Man matches, like, I, I cannot think of one that I enjoyed more than this one. And I've watched it twice now. I will bring up three. Okay. A, a couple of them are half-hour ones, though. <sighs> Asterix, okay. Benoit Angle, the submissions-only match. It was a submission-only Iron Man. It was what? a backlash in 01. What was that a uh, 60 minute? It was a 30 minute. Okay. Because he did an overtime finish in that one too. <laughs> I will always say Brett and Sean, like that should be a fucking given. They did an overtime finish in that one too. I truly do believe it was better than Brett and Sean. Word. Kurt Angle and Sean Michaels. I'll need to rewatch it. I don't remember. It was an episode of Raw in October of 2005 in Dallas, Texas. I'll look it up. It's pretty fucking good. Okay. Do you have the exact date so I can look it up on Peacock? October 3rd. Okay. And finally, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. And it was a, that was a SmackDown. Uh, the score was 5-4 to four on that one. They were good. I'm not saying like they're legendary by any means or whatever, but like they're fucking good. A lot yeah. of people talk, a lot of people talk about uh, Triple H and The Rock at Judgment Day. And I'm going to say it here. It was fucking overrated as hell. And the only thing I really remember truly about that is the American badass Undertaker coming back to wreck shit. Sorry, not sorry. You're going to get some comments about that one. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I don't give a flying fuck. And those are just WWE ones. Yeah. And that's another thing that we need to keep in mind is like, we don't see every wrestling match that ever existed. So for all we know, dude, there's like, an unknown buried fucking match that's like fucking 10 stars from Dave Meltzer. Like, we don't know. Right. But off the top of my head, this one is just my favorite. Like, I fucking loved everything about this match. Right, because there's only two Iron Man matches that have ever happened in this company, and the first one was Kenny Omega and Pac. Mm-hmm. Great fucking match. Oh, it was wonderful. But this one, uh, bar none of the modern era, I will say that. Of the modern era, fuck, somebody had better do some good shit to follow this match because it was fantastic from start to finish. And when I say start to finish, I mean within the fucking original hour allotted time because they did that sudden death bullshit again where they just, it's like, oh no, it was a draw. We can't send the fans home with a draw. We gotta have somebody fucking win this match, like for real win this match. The last five minutes. I will admit, alone outside of the fucking barrier of the Iron Man cause, compelling as fuck. And even the ending that they did give us, like, once the bell rang the second time, it was still great. And I feel like looking at it now and seeing it for what that is, I feel like maybe that's why they did it, because uh, Brian Danielson fucking tapped out yes. to his own finisher. Mm-hmm. And it shocked a lot of people. That was the other notable finish that I spoke about earlier. Moxley fucking tapped out and Brian Danielson fucking tapped out. Bro, two Blackpool Combat Club dudes fucking tapped out on a pay-per-view at the same fucking night. It's fucking crazy. If they even consider Danielson to be part of Blackpool Combat Club anymore. He hasn't appeared alongside of them in fucking one, uh, I, like weeks, months, I however long. I don't think so. Because remember him and Wheeler kind of were at odds. Yeah, I, but even still, dude, it's fucking 
it's ridiculous, but the fallout from this is Brian Danielson said something about his arm and his leg. Like he couldn't feel them anymore. Then he was, you know, realizing he's been pushing himself and he was like, I'm not going to be able to play with my kid. Like MJF said, he's not going to be able to play with, you know, I'm not going to be able to play with my kid anymore and all this other shit. And he's just like, I need to go home to my family. They look like they're teasing him retiring or they were teasing him leaving. I mean, he'll be gone a while. I'm sure this might be him taking a fucking vacation, being written off television. But if he comes back, what the fuck? Like, what, what's he, what's he going to do? I feel like I hate to say this, but it feels very peak for him like this yeah. like where does he go he's not gonna win the title if if he does retire what a match to go out on sure but at the same point i feel like somebody is like like legitimately goaded as him i i would really like for his final match to be you know labeled as such like like i advertised you know like hey this is my last one well i mean even jericho has said he's not gonna advertise whenever his last matches maybe some guys are just like that danielson danielson does strike me as that kind of guy too yeah but here's the thing uh even if this is his last match and i don't think it is but if it if it if it were what a hell of a way to like give back putting over like that dude putting fucking mjf over because let's talk about mjf he said this several times in interviews. Fuck, he said this in the media scrum after the event where he bit he he just he just bit into a pickle and offered some fuckwad in the front a pickle. <laughs> and it was the funniest goddamn post media scrum I have ever seen somebody do. Like honestly, he's a yeah. fucking dick, and it's the best thing. But he talked about everybody kept doubting him that he's a special attraction wrestler. He barely wrestles, but he can still go in the ring. I don't care who you are. Shut the fuck up now. Yeah. Like, I knew this. You knew this. A lot of people knew this. But the people that just don't want to fucking admit any better. Like, shut the fuck up. The dude's good. I, I feel like it's... I feel like those people are never going to say it, though. It's the same reason that, like, Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay. There's still people that say, no, nah, he... Orange can't wrestle. And it, fuck that. That was one of the matches of the night at Forbidden Door. Exactly. But... Some people are just too fucking stubborn. Because l- let's be honest, like Orange Cassidy, MJF, these are two guys that are fucking super young and super talented, super fucking over. Like MJF is over as a fucking heel. Mm-hmm. Cassidy's over as a, as a baby phase, but like it, MJF has that kind of overness where like we want to hate him because he's so good at being a heel, but he's getting to that point where he's so good at being a heel that he's going to get cheered. Yeah, he's getting to that Steve Austin level of boy, we love what this man is doing. You cannot possibly give more. Like he, it's to the point that MJF is having to come up with new ways to get heat, mm-hmm. like splashing a kid in the fucking crowd I with a drink. Fucking fucking died when that shit <laughs> happened, dude. Oh my god! And the fact that they, the dude, fucking Tony Khan, had to play damage control on that shit, and them talking about that on the way into the media scrum, they're like, "Well, you threw a drink in a kid's face." And Tony, we had a very serious conversation about that. There is no shade. It's me, like Mister Mister. There's no shade. It's me, Tony Khan. Uh, obviously didn't do a rail of coke before coming out to this one. That's the joke. I'm not saying that he does, but the joke is that Tony Khan gets so fucking shut up. I don't want to get sued. The joke is that Tony Khan (laughs) does a rail of coke 
before he comes out and gives his uh his like a TV appearances because he's always so fucking hype. But I think the man is just like super excited, like legitimately always excited. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we had a very, we had a very serious conversation about it or whatever. MJF the whole time just sitting there like, yeah, whatever, fuck off. <laughs> that's why, that's why he fucking like keeps clean shaved so you can't see it in his beard. <laughs> oh. There is no crack; it's just dangerous. <laughs> fuck, I love Tony Khan though. God damn, I, do I really too. do. Look, I know he's never gonna fucking hear this, but like, if anybody is hearing this and they're just like, "Oh, we need to sue the fuck out of those guys," they're like, "Man, fuck you guys for hating him." We're not hating on him. It's literally a fucking meme. Get yeah, over it. It's like, on the internet. Get over it. Yeah, we're not the first ones, nor will we be the last ones to say that. Right. But MJF is just so good in the ring, on the mic, at media scrums, and he talks about this. He fucking says this, and he's not even wrong anymore, and he never was wrong. Like, just get over it. This man is your fucking champion, and he's good. I just, I want to know when the time comes, like I keep talking about this, who the fuck is he going to drop this to if he does? I want to see him hold this championship until the bidding war of 2024, <laughs> which he hasn't really mentioned recently i'm surprised he didn't drop that in the media scrum if i'm being completely honest but i can see it being either either jack perry or big boy darby to 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 take the championship off of him well, you got any other ideas wardlow that's true that is true that's full fucking circle long-term booking and and if you would ask me that two months ago i'd have said wardlow from the get-go but right now they're they're not doing so good with this character Give it time. Because Wardlow himself, dude, he's proving himself every single match. Like, he's showing what he's worth. Maybe they took the TNT championship off of him because they're like, dude, you're bigger than this. I hope that's the case, but I... You never know. You never know with how they're booking right now. Think about... And that's that's how I want to wrap this. Yeah. Look at who they fucking put over in this entire pay-per-view. All the fucking, like, young... OG talent got put over in this fucking pay-per-view, dude. This is fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, look at it, dude. Like, from top to bottom. Ricky Starks fucking won. Jack Perry fucking won. The House of Black fucking won. Jamie Hayter fucking won. Hangman Page won. Wardlow won. The Guns. The fucking Guns. The Ass Boys fucking won their tag match. MJF beat Brian fucking Danielson. This match started with... uh, this pay-per-view started with a young cat beating a WWE guy, and it ended with a young cat beating a WWE guy. I know that's the that's like, don't call him a WWE guy. Like they were definitely like, that's where they came from. Yeah, I have no doubt in my mind that they are one hundred percent committed to being AEW guys. But let's be honest: if you're looking at it from the outside, they beat ex WWE guys. So, hmm, I will say this. As far as like Darby going for the title, Darby has even said he doesn't really care to be world champ. But mark my words, the main event of All Out, MJF versus Darby. It needs to be because uh, a couple of years ago, that match was a banger for an yeah. opening contest. Exactly. And correct me if I'm wrong, it was exactly last year's All Out mm-hmm. opening. Yeah. So this, this next one, they will close it. Please let that fucking happen. I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm willing to put a hundred bucks. I, I really am. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Shit. I, 
I want to see it though. I definitely want to see that happen. Fuck. But yeah, uh, top to bottom, uh, with the exception of like my shitty attitude towards the finish of the of the MJF Danielson match, which I see how they booked it. I see why it works for how they booked it, but I'm not a fan. I really wish that would have happened like on the inside of the last couple seconds where like he taps, he's got to sit there. Like the fans have to be like, oh my God, they have to sit there. It's like watching to bring it full circle. It's it's easier to keep up with a score than it is a wrestling match. Yeah. How fucking ridiculous. Danielson taps and there's like 15 seconds left on the clock. Mm-hmm. There's no way he's going to recover to make a fucking pinfall. The air gets taken completely out of the fucking room. The crowd has to sit there and watch this man fucking have tapped out with that long left to go. Fuck. That's that to me. That's heavier. It's like, oh my god! Like he fucking tapped and lost the final point in the last fifteen seconds of this match. Now that is a great ending, but as far as the one that we got, sure, yeah, it definitely. What, what uh, would you have felt better about it if it wasn't an overused trope in wrestling? Like where they just go sudden death with it? Yes. Like if you hadn't seen it a hundred fucking times, dude. If I ha- okay. If this was the only time they did a sudden death over time finish to an Iron Man match since WrestleMania 12, mm-hmm. I'd, first of all, I'd have been like, okay, that's a great callback because it hasn't been done in a while. Secondly, I'd be like, oh, this is very interesting. The, the fucking boss does not want to send the fans home with a draw. Sure, I get it. And granted, that still plays here, but fuck, it's been done to death. Yeah. Visit supermediabrospodcast.com for past, present, and future episodes. Check out all the other shows on the Odd Pods Media Network by visiting oddpodsmedia.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on social media. Buy a fucking t-shirt. The, all, all this stuff is in the show notes below. Scroll up, click it. All hyperlinks away. Go do the shit. So come back next week. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be a day late on the St. Patrick's Day delivery, but uh, goddamn, why not? We're, uh, we're bringing back a fucking classic from uh, the Cult Cinema Showdown series to do a standalone episode because this man has not gotten to talk about this film with me yet. And uh, goddamn, we're going to do a St. Patrick's Day hangover uh, release of <laughs> Leprechaun from 1993. Holy shit. Th- um, I actually fucking love this movie a lot, and that is in large part to Warwick Davis's portrayal of the Leprechaun. Oh, well, yeah. So we're going to have a lot to say about that. Crack open a fucking cold one with the boys next Saturday morning, bright and fucking early. You know you want a day drink with us. Fucking do it. We're going to be sipping on some Guinness during that son of a bitch, and you should fucking too. God, that's so fucking good. I fucking love Guinness. Get me gold. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, thanks again for hanging out with us. It's been episode 266, the AEW Revolution Review. Until next week, I'm Richie. I'm Devin. Shades on. We're off.